Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Rich Pasqua and Matt Sky. Hi, everybody. Arc. We are a digital transformation company that help Web two and Web three technology companies. Uh, we help them elevate uh, their companies and their uh, their tools and their applications through design, marketing, uh, communications, and much more. Um, Today we have an interesting topic, and, and Matt and I have been talking about this for the past two or three days now, and it's the idea of, of uh, protocols bringing out or ushering in Web3 hardware and through, through flagship phones. Um, and I think the question here is, you know, how is that going to help uh, adoption? Will it f foster mass adoption? And, uh, you know, maybe what pitfalls will they see? And, you know, what are the, the, the pros and the cons of this? Uh, you know, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it's such an amazing moment in terms of ushering in Web3 adoption. And it takes you away from that purely protocol level, that purely deep developer level. And it's creating a device that's something that average consumers can really take advantage of. Um, I guess, I think what's interesting, Rich, just from your perspective, what, what do you think will be the first types of uses you can imagine, uh, someone with a dedicated, uh, I guess what you could call almost a crypto phone. What, what do you think would that would be the, the immediate use cases that people would start to take advantage of? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good question. And, um, as soon as I heard this, my mind went in several different directions uh, as it usually does. It's a deep rabbit hole. Uh, when I yeah. hear some... Yeah, when I hear something exciting, you know, you think about the possibilities. But ultimately, you know, there there are tons of people that don't understand what those possibilities are, or as we like to say, the arc of the possible, right? So that's one of the things we're here to do today and throughout all of our podcasts is show you possibilities and where things can go, whether you're an investor or a developer or, you know, a product person. Um now, to answer that question, it's a little bit of an open, open-ended question, uh, Matt. In the sense that, it whatever you're only limited by your creativity at, at at one point, at some point, and you know the immediate uses I think will be, you know, DeFi, right? They'll start to open up marketplaces, uh, but ultimately, what they're doing is because it is the the Saga or Solana. OS, if you will, it will um, it will usher in a whole sort of uh, DeFi applications. They're they're developing a community or fostering a community that contributes applications to their marketplace or Web three marketplace. So that could be anything from geofencing to uh, DeFi to anything else you might think of uh, within that world. Um, so the, the possibilities are, are kind of endless, you know, anything that you're, we're seeing on the, on the protocol level now can be brought to your phone. And, and frankly, it's a great, it, it's, it's wonderful to hear this because it's now a very tangible and acceptable vehicle to connect people and connect people that might not have ever thought of getting involved in this world. What do you think this does for Solana? Do you think this is obviously a, going to help? um accelerate development on solana it would seem logical 
Yeah, and I think um, you know, just like you know, end user, con- you know, end consumers. Uh, Solana has you know their strategies as far as you know whoever's being adopted on their phone, right? It is a it is a you know first to market kind of situation, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. But um, they they want to adopt a developer community and a community of of end users, right? So that's highly important. And when you have a groundswell happening and you start to develop your community, um, it means they're using the Solana network. It means more protocols and dApps will be developed on their on their um, network. Uh, and it just means that they're going to be using their tokenomics uh, and their financial systems uh, and developer systems along the way. So it really does bolster you know, the bigger the community becomes, it bolsters the knowledge or the awareness of Solana. And it also bolsters the idea of what they actually do. Once right. people understand that, um, I think the floodgates open up. But who knows? There is competitors out there like uh, the HTC uh, Desire, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, which is a phone, a Web3 phone dedicated or kind of they're starting out their journey, you know, catering to the metaverse uh, environment. And that that could have profound, you know, imagine having, you know, your games and everything else uh, linked to your hardware wallet or I, I'm now I'm confusing it. It's your your phone hardware wallet. Right. Um, and have skins and rewards and and all sorts of uh, uh, in-game type of purchasing uh, and reward systems right in, right on your phone. That's amazing. Um, the Nothing Phone is, you know, using the Polygon network, and they're kind of they're starting their journey through the lens of NFTs. So that's really interesting. And there's a huge community right now that are ready to, you know, jump on something like that. And then there's Ethos, which is uh, you know, runs almost 100% uh, native crypto applications or Web3 dApps. It's such an incredible diversity and such different approaches. <clears throat> Something I wonder is where most of the excitement is going to take place. You were just saying kind of in DeFi specifically. But I wonder if if adoption in terms of metaverse, in terms of VR, is where we're going to see a lot of this growth. Because I think if you're a developer right now and you're looking at all these new opportunities, you're thinking there's going to be a lot of new consumers of crypto, of blockchain, and of decentralized apps. You're thinking, where should I be developing first? Where's the action at, I guess? I, I don't know what your thoughts would be on that. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a great question and, to, you know, to each their own. But I would say just from from our collective knowledge and working in the space with uh, really, really interesting companies uh, that do a lot of things in Web3, they have decided themselves to focus on on DeFi. It is really the great, you know, it is the biggest problem for uh, new technologies and technology uh, development companies to solve, right? So once you open that up, you can start to monetize and put smart contracts towards anything that's, you know, fiscal. Yeah, I guess um, I guess keeping a foot and, in the real world is sort of where it's at, right? Using the mobile device to be able to access uh, these transactions in a way that you never have before. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so if, if you, if you asked me where I would start, it would, you know, and I had an option to create some really cool, uh, socialized or decentralized social game platform or in tandem probably would have to start to decide on what type of, um, monetization models we'd be building with it. Um, you know, probably most people will jump towards the the uh, the DeFi end of things and figuring out that that issue uh, right off the right off the bat um, but certainly you were seeing some of these other companies really put their foot forward uh, into the metaverse and subsequently you know AR VR experiences um, and and nfts um, you know nfts have a DeFi component technically. Um, they have their own economics that you can kind of uh, build and tailor uh, based on your needs. Um, but I, I, yeah, I definitely see the DeFi end of things being the first to be exploited. <laughs> I think something that's going to be so interesting is when you look at this Solana phone. So just kind of looking through some of its feature sets, you have the mobile wallet adapter. It's a protocol for connecting web apps and native Android apps to wallets on mobile devices. Open source protocol. So it'll support all mobile platforms, not just Android. At least that's the idea. Uh, and then you get into uh, Seed Vault. So it's uh, an environment built into a mobile device, trying to you know uh, keep your private keys, making sure everything's secure. And then you get into obviously Solana Pay. So it's a typical you know what we sort of imagine crypto in the conventional sense, like that payment system. Uh, and then I think what excites me the most, you get into the DApp Store which is going to seamlessly integrate with the Android the Android app store. <laughs> so you'll basically be able to, I mean, to me, I think that's the part where when I talk to people, that's where it's most confusing because getting a wallet, setting everything up, all the steps involved to just get a dApp seems to be such a massive climb. And if it's literally as easy as just, you know, downloading your favorite Angry Birds game or whatever, I don't know if that's outdated, but that same concept, it's such a game changer here. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great point, Matt. And um, you know, one of the biggest things you've highlighted one of the biggest issues uh, in the industry right now um, is onboarding adoption. Um, how do you get you know your mom and dad on your aunt and uncle who are you know different generations, different thought processes, and different tolerances for. Uh, uh, learning how to navigate uh, new technologies, right? So it's all going to be done. And I think, you know, getting back to our, our current topic here of kind of these DAP-enabled or Web3-enabled phones, that's going to be the most immediate way they can do it. Most people are more comfortable with their phones than their own, you know, laptops or desktops at this point. Um, and it gets into something that's near and dear to us, right? It's design, it's user experience, right? Um, it's the first thing I always hear is, well, the onboarding process is not that great. Well, I b truly believe Solana and their team and subsequently teams like Arc who are helping protocols with these very issues will be building these experiences so that they're one click, two click uh, or taps. Um, and super easy to get on board using fiat, converting fiat money quickly. So maybe it's just setting up a, a credit card to bring in information. That information is converted or that monies or fiat 
currency is converted into uh, Sol or any other, um, uh, you know, uh, crypto, uh, cri cryptocurrencies you're going to be using. Um, and then, you know, instantly you don't even have to ask where the wallet is. It's just in your phone. It's there. And then from there, you'll have almost like micro uh, uh, experiences within your wallet. And those those wallets will become more sophisticated over time. Um, but I, I think, I think you know, th that's the whole thing for getting a really good groundswell. I, I think, you know, that's what we need to do is focus on the, the onboarding experience and the conversion experience from a normie to a, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a crypto native, if you will, um, satisfying everyone's need for simplicity. Um, I think that's the first step. I think we were talking about this earlier too, before we started, but what I'm curious to see how, when, when Apple or, you know, granted this is on Android, this particular phone, but when these major, uh, operating these iOS, you know, and, and, and mobile operating systems are looking at this direction. I wonder what their reaction is if they're thinking we'd better jump in on this. We don't want to miss the boat or if there's still a degree of resistance. Obviously, if you look at a model from Apple, its app store is such an extremely profitable walled garden, earning a significant percentage on every single developer. And this direction really is at its highest level. It's giving full power to the developers and the users and whatever arrangement is decided between them, so be it. But it's eliminating that middleman. It's it's a very, very powerful economics uh, question, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the nature of, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why cryptocurrencies were, were born, like created, um, was to alleviate um, any distrust and middle, middlemen. Uh, and there are plenty of middlemen in between every transaction you make with your your credit cards. There's a lots of hands hands out, um, and subsequently, you know, uh, misuse uh, of of funds and or information. Uh, with that said, you know, um, I I think the important part here is to note that. No matter what happens with all these phones that are coming out or Web3 enabled phones from Solana, HTC, nothing, it's going to light a fire mm -hmm. underneath um, the Apples, the Googles, the Amazons of the world. People are, you know, the, one of the most beautiful things about Web3 and the Web3 community is that I've seen is if there are giants in your way, there, there is a group of people that are just dying to figure out how to navigate around them or over them or through them. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that, you know, most people, and this is where ARC uh, and, and this podcast is shining a light on is, well, you really can't see the Web3 technology right now because it's not in front of your face every single day. It is, but most people can't see it. We're exposing that level, and most people don't have have access to that level uh, and understand the mechanics and the culture and the community around these developers that are persistent because they know there's a better way. They found the better way already, and they're developing the better way. Now, 
um, no matter what happens with all of these various Web3 phones that come out, success, smash hit, you know, major adoption, communities are growing, um, new forms of um, marketplaces opening up, which is very exciting. Um, it's still, no matter what happens, it's still going to light a fire under the under the big boys. And and to your point earlier, it, it, it's you know, it, it is like awareness, right? They're aware that this is happening. And maybe they build something, um, you know, uh, uh, marketplaces and Web3 um, applications, uh, they open up their walled gardens to, uh, to, to, to these new, new technologies and new, new platforms opening up. So Solana, maybe, maybe for Solana is like, you know what, you never really thought you'd ever want to get into the hardware game because it's detailed, expensive, and very, very tricky. Um, and that's why we only have, you know, a handful of whales out there right now that control the market. But if they, you know, it could be all about adopting their marketplaces into, say, Samsung phones, which I don't see, you know, I see that happening sooner rather than later. Um, it's a win. Samsung's already on board. They're already, you know... Samsung and Google and and not so much Samsung, but Google. I think, they, I think Samsung had something where they were tinkering with crypto. I don't know the exact right. details on it, but I was reading about that. They actually have something right. already. It's very light. Right. It's not but a heavy. It lights a fire. It shows, yeah. wow, you know, uh, they put a lot of time and effort and research into, you know, cultivating their hardware uh, uh, lineups. They don't want to lose that market share, no matter how small it is. So um, at some point, I think a lot of these you know, the Solanas, the HTCs of the world will, you know, they're using hardware because they actually have to figure out that problem. There is no, there is no, Apple is not figuring that problem. Samsung could be working on it, but they're truly not announcing anything just yet. And any of the other, uh, you know, the Huawei's and the other Chinese um, hardware manufacturers are not pushing in that direction. But what we hope is that it, we open their eyes with all of this, you know, and they, we push them to kind of take the next step. And I've always said, once the Amazons and the Googles and, and the, the Apples of the world start to open up their walls a little bit, maybe play nice, nicer with uh, the developer community, start to entertain new types of technologies and approaches to finance and trading and marketplaces that's when you'll you'll get the flood it'll be a tsunami uh, of of interest you know it's and an interesting when, and that's when the, the the user experience really needs to be dialed in you know it's interesting is i i think back to all the major innovations we've seen in recent years and every time you make a big leap People are kind of skeptical at first and they don't know what to do with it. And then developers come in and find these miraculous applications. So when people first saw the iPhone, right, which is effectively what smartphones have been ever since, I mean, really no one, they were kind of like, oh, neat. I guess I can slightly more effectively check my email. If you remember the browser, it was like a horrific browser. It didn't even have, <laughs> it wasn't even proper mobile browsing. It was just this yeah. weird, you know, you had to scroll in and out at the New York Times or wherever you were reading. And then... Um, 
really over the years, we started seeing types of applications that you could have never envisioned. And by the time the iPad came out, wasn't it funny? People again said, well, why do I need this device? I already have a computer and I have an iPhone. This is a stupid middle device. But then the iPad in its own right has endless applications for artists and for showcasing different um, you know, rooms and architecture. It has its entire, no one would argue that an iPad is a unique device in its own right. So I think what's so interesting here is to think, people are saying, well, why do I need dApps? What's it, why would I need a decentralized app? But once a developer gets in there and starts imagining how it could improve your life, how, how these could be different, the, the game changes and it never does go back. Whether these projects succeed like you said or not, once that box has been opened, there's no closing it. Absolutely. And and I think it's just a matter of, of um, people getting their hands on these applications and playing with them and saying, well, technically there's nothing really, you know, uh, what's different between this uh, Web3 dApp and the traditional, you know, um, uh, you know, traditional to web 2.0 app well not a heck of a lot but when you look underneath it there's a tremendous amount that's different meaning it creates a trusted and encrypted uh connection between you and your audience or you and the brands and or services you're interacting with um and once you see web3 you know that okay it's working off validation nodes uh, to validate this information. Plus it's working with content, your content, your information, uh, and, uh, your keys to whatever networks you're inter interfacing with at that particular moment. And it's all locked down and trusted. It's full custody mm -hmm. uh, of your data, your information, your keys. Uh, and I, I, I think uh, I love referring to some of these new uh, hard, you know, hardware products or phones as, you know, hardware wallets, because really that's what it is. Your phone is turning into that anyways. You know, we swipe to get into the subways with our phones. We swipe to pay with our phones. Now it's just going to go even like give you more custody, meaning that that New York City subway app that you use or to buy train tickets or whatever, it's out of your control. They take your credit card and that's it. We know that story. We know how that story ends. Um, now it's about, you know, giving people options to use various means of payment um, that they do have more control over and they do have custody over. Um, and then it's, it's about also giving uh, people control over their digital assets you know, whether it be an in-game asset, an NFT, which pretty much, you know, everything will be a form of NFT at some point, um, you know, giving you control over it to trade, swap, show, whatever you want to do. Um, you could have medical records in your phone, your driver's license, your your validated work history, Um uh, you know, so so uh, the applications are endless. Really. I think that's a great point because that seems like a lot of people don't fully understand how little of your own content you actually own when you read terms and agreements with a lot of different apps. Or I remember this was a big thing when now we're moving more into Spotify and streaming land. But back when you would buy music from Apple by the song, people were shocked that they didn't actually own the songs. You had the, if you remember those lawsuits, there's always these terms of agreements. And if we're moving toward a true ownership Web3, 
there will be no dispute. When you buy something, you've actually owned that asset, be it the app, be it some components or some expansion on the app, or like an NFT, like you're saying, a smart contract or an asset. So it's a, it's a completely revolutionary. It's creating like land in the digital frontier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, there's the, the kind of the land, you know, analogy. But what really is, interests me and, you know, we need to read up on this a little bit more. But um, the idea of having your entire social profile in one place. So rather than you going to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you you can't count them off, <laughs> however many social networks are out there, they own, they gate your information. You have to log in to get that information. What if you just had one profile that you can share uh, with different networks when you want it and how you want it? That's really interesting. That's now taking back your social identity a little bit more. And then subsequently better controls over your data, over your identity and how it's used is put into place over time. Well, that seems like the ultimate holy grail in, in this whole thing really is that, <laughs> is that central profile, everything being completely centralized for yourself, not by someone else, but for yourself. Um, yeah. Just a side note, I want to mention now that since we were talking about the nothing phone, is that a phone you're going to buy? Because that looks like such a badass phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just think I, it looks um, so awesome. I, I was looking at it. It's so dorky, but I just love it with the lights and everything. It just looks so cool. You have these unusual you, you phone know, developers, these new phone developers coming in. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, just a, a side note about um, the Nothing product. They started with earbuds. And now they went to the phone. I kind of knew as soon as I saw some of their uh, kind of con consumer products that they were they're starting to develop with the earbuds that and the price point was great on them. Uh, the, they weren't for me because I have different needs and um, different quality levels I like with my my audio equipment. Um, but, but it is, it, it, it is a phone that looks really amazing and it was created in partnership with teenage engineering and teenage engineering is a little, a little bit near and dear to my heart because they create modular synthesis, uh, uh tools and applications or hardware really, um, really slick, very, um, Dita Rams looking, uh, hyper simple minimalist design and, uh, but always, but had a really beautiful industrial design edge to it, uh, all of their products. They subsequently helped nothing with their earbuds. And then you can absolutely see teenage engineering's influence in that phone. Um, so from a hardware standpoint and a visual standpoint, I, I really like the phone, but I would say I'm leaning towards the um, the Solana Nana, uh, Solana Saga phone right. a little bit more um, because I like I just really like where they're starting. Well, you want to know? get your hands dirty on that functionality, that really revolutionary functionality. Whereas nothing phone seems to be maybe giving a little bit of a nod to blockchain potential, but it's not really the core. Uh, function of the phone it's it's kind of like a little side thing yeah. versus yeah i mean who, who knows where where they take the these phones um but i think you know just you know after hearing 
you know, the, the heads of the labs, the Solana labs talk about the product, um, the types of, uh, dApps that they're going to be producing the, the, um, kind of the SDKs that they're going to be building for developers for web three. I, I just think, um, well, right now I think their, their head is in the right space. They're, they're, they're paying attention to the developer community. Um, they're catering a little bit more to them. And, and at the end of the day that I don't care how sexy the phone is, that's, what's going to sell the phone. That's what's going to get drive adoption. And the immediate, the adoption curve, which is, we can see it almost in every technolo technological uh, revolution, if you will, or transformation, is you always start with the developer community. Mm -hmm. If they really find that this is going to benefit them and the community and humans as uh, as a whole, they're going to be want to they're going to be want to be a part of that project. So. I think it starts there and then it slowly becomes, you know, then product people start to adopt and then subsequently, you know, uh, end consumers and whatnot. So there is like this interesting adoption curve that will happen. It'll start with the developers. And I, I think the Solana, I, I think the way they're, they're communicating and position, positioning themselves strategically uh, is, I, I think they're a little bit, maybe a little bit more ahead of the curve. I wonder if we're going to see a lot of these phones from the different uh, protocols coming out soon, because it seems like a logical, it seems like such a, a, you know, like an arms race almost that's about to begin here. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I, again, the hardware universe is really tough. Uh, you know, you just talk to people back in the day who've worked for, you know, the, the big telcos that are no longer around or the Ericsson's or the uh, Nokia's. And it's a very, very difficult environment. Even Microsoft um, couldn't figure it out. And that's a, yeah, that's a big one. Microsoft had, <laughs> they, I believe they still have phones, but um, they might, I don't know. But yeah, they, they got beaten up in that world. Um, and it's, it's not, you know, show up you know, show up with, uh, as, uh, the big boy in the block and you're going to do fine. It's, it, it's not like that. You really have to have very innovative angles to, uh, get, get in the good graces of consumers. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think, um, it's the, you know, they're all interesting. They're all, you know, they all have their own thing, but you know, I think there are going to be some winners and losers out there at, over some point. But getting back to your original question, not every protocol will want to do this. Protocols are, you know, they do a job. They're apps. They're dApps. Um, they work within ecosystems like the Cosmos or, you know, the Polygon ecos you know, ecosystem. Um, so so the, the, the Uber application or the uber salon is and all that the the protocol level will be building the applications they'll be building the functionality that supports these um polygon htc and solana phones one thing i you know just now that we're talking about it thinking of the hardware side i wonder how much the development side is going to inform the kind of hardware we see you know i know it goes kind of two ways but when we think about the smartphone, for example, 
it's a very it's a device that's effectively unchanged for what like the last 15 years basically but more it's it's more or less the same screen the same design the same format but it was designed for sort of a web 1 web 2 world and so what i wonder is how the devices themselves could evolve if if we're almost entering a time where where we'll see form factors that we haven't even imagined yet maybe things with facial uh, recognition I, or holographic or, or or plays more in the background i don't know what your thoughts are on that but i think this is something that this phone gets me thinking about that a lot now that we're moving into it yeah i i think uh, you know what the, this is a great discussion matt because what we're in, in essence talking about is uh hardware tends to influence the software that's developed, right? So if Apple puts a LiDAR camera on their phone and uh, Samsung puts a LiDAR camera on their phone and that's an expensive piece of hardware to integrate, right? But they're doing it. That opens up a floodgate for people to develop software that supports, you know, design, architecture, photography, whatever, engineering, um, so you're you're starting to see a lot of these interesting phone apps that have adapted to the hardware or the lidar cameras uh, themselves. Personally, the hardware end of the world, and I think we all know it as end consumers at this point, is there's really nothing super different with with the hardware. Most of them. You know, all of the flagship phones share, you know, who's using Snapdragon processing, processing processors or the new M chips for Apple mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. The hardware itself is like, okay, the processors are always going to get faster, but the functionality or utility from a hardware standpoint has really not changed. So as an end consumer, you know, you're not locked into an iPhone, yes, they started most of the revolution or projected or catapulted the industry, I should say. They didn't start it. But it, it also, it, it begs the question that, you know, now with interesting software, um, perhaps they're going to work closer with the end hardware company or give feedback or make requests on specific hardware that could really revolutionize the mobile phone industry altogether. So I think of it as ideas that are coming. So if you're building a piece of software that needs a piece of hardware, perhaps they'll communicate to uh, the Solana team or Solana Labs and say, look, let's partner on this. We've got a great idea for the software. Let's we want to help influence your hardware decisions. So I think that's absolutely natural. It, it does flip everything on its head. Uh, a little bit, but I think that's a, gr it's a good thing. It's and a we, really we've good seen thing. It. I mean, when you think about it, like when you look at with all these personal assistants, Amazon Echo, you, you know, you look at, it's a, basically it's a software innovation at its core, but then it drives this endless version of potential application. You have a Echo in your car, you can have Echo on your kitchen, you can have, there's endless versions of Alexa that can bother you everywhere <laughs> or, or track you <laughs> everywhere but or, but no but in a sense there is this incredible innovation that takes place in both directions and it does feel like the phone industry specifically like in a sense this maybe i'm saying this is too big but i feel like this is one of the biggest most significant developments with solana in in smartphones maybe in the past decade because i, I the only other thing i can think of is like you said speed 
improved screens, but more or less the same device, better battery life. And Cameras. They got a little bit foldy. You could suddenly fold your phone, but that wasn't <laughs> like a, that really didn't change your life that much. You know, okay, it's kind of a neat, and it's a, it's a neat trick, but no one really found a way developmentally to make that, uh, to justify the utility of it just yet, other than a slightly bigger screen again. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. This is, and that's why we're excited about talking about this, right? Because it is the most profound, I think, in the past decade, for sure, uh, or plus, uh, I should say, uh, to hit the the mobile uh, hardware and software industries. Um, it is profound, um, uh, but the reason why I'm more excited over that is it's really it's it's opening it's a it's opening a very welcoming door to a lot of people um and it's going to open the doors for product people engineers consumers it's going to open up their minds creatively to say wow now there's so much more possible we can't wait and I think the the idea that, the, you know, from a 40,000 foot view, it is going to drive much more excitement in the mobile industry uh, and, and subsequently to the uh, to the end consumer. What do you think, just from an arc perspective, you know, when you're looking at emerging technology companies and you're thinking maybe they're listening to this and they're getting excited about the potential, what would you advise them? What Where should they be looking how should they be looking to capitalize on this? Maybe they are a Web3 company. Maybe they are just getting familiar with Web3 at a very entry level. What should they be thinking about? Where should they be going? Where should they be potentially putting resources? Yeah, uh, um, I think that's the million dollar question for a lot of companies, whether you're you kind of like, I kind of know about this or you're kind of knee deep in, in Web3. Um, you know, we like to say like it, it kind of takes a village, right? Um, especially now because we're, we're so low on the adoption curve. We're so in, in the, the grand scheme of things, we just, we're just scratching the surface with all of this. Right. And that's the exciting part. But what I would say is don't get overwhelmed. There are people like us who, who could operate on a consultative level or an actual build and design level uh, to help you through this podcasts like this tune in every single day whenever you hear this there's a lot of great people out there talking about the technology we we're we're you know what we're doing here is helping end consumers product people and you know web3 businesses imagine the possible right we want to show you what what's happening ask us our thoughts you know, ask, that's what we want. Join the dialogue, you know, get on our Discord server, get on multiple Discord servers, um, start to understand the environment a little bit better um, and understand the power and the reasoning behind cryptography and, and cryptocurrencies and the blockchain in general and, and applica subsequent applications that are being developed. I think that's a great note for us to wrap up on. And I think this is something I, I kind of want to ask you this in this podcast that at the end of every episode, but if we, if we took our whole conversation just now and for people again, who are just either they're new to this or they know the world, if you could boil it down to like two or three takeaways, what do you hope people 
are thinking about right now based on what we've seen. This is some significant news in, for Web3 and for crypto and for blockchain. But what what would be the maybe like two or three major takeaways you hope people walk away with as they uh, as they look at these these new developments in mobile and in dApps and, and in really mass adoption in a way we maybe haven't seen before? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, what I would say, just a couple of points is that, um, you know, what really is exciting about this conversation is that we are having a conversation about mobile and mobile being affected. Because like I said, it is, it's going to be one of the biggest gateways for onboarding much more, you know, bigger communities, whether it be developers or end users, it is going to be the vehicle for it. Um, and what I would say is, uh, you know, also you're going to start to see applications come to life, I think, a lot quicker on the mobile phone because it truly is. And now they, there is actually, you know, forget about the hardware, they're creating a marketplace for every, you know, average Joe and Jane to get involved in uh, or play with. Now you can just play with it, see if you like it. Um, before there is not not many vehicles outside of being a hardcore developer, well, you know, to kind of dig yourself in. I'm excited about the accessibility uh, of new apps and apps. That's what really gets me me charged up with this this news, um, and it's something that we'll be following for a long time. So please tune in uh, week after week. We're going to be talking about um, this and many other topics. So um, yeah. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And of course, always be sure to tune in to our uh, Discord channel. That's where the conversation is always continuing. And then, of course, you can learn more about us at arctai.com. Am I leaving anything out? I think those are the two main ones. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, Just thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.